Welcome to the Purposeful Parenting Podcast. I'm Harriet Rowe, wife and mother of four adult children, three girls and one boy, all graduates of the United States Military Academy at West Point. Grab a cup of tea or coffee, get cozy, and take in your weekly dose of Purposeful Parenting. Here we go. Today, we're going to take a look at the very last love language, and that love language is acts of service. We're going to look at what is acts of service as a love language, how do you speak that love language to your child, and what and how do we need to teach our child about the acts of service. We can best describe acts of service as a love language that is doing something for your child that you know your child would like. For instance, if your child comes up and asks you, Mom, Dad, could you fix my bike for me? Or if he says, could I have pancakes for breakfast? Now, doing this for him or her is his way of hearing you say to him, I love you. Now, this doesn't mean that you have to say yes to all of his requests. But what it does mean is that you should be extremely sensitive to those requests and recognize that your response will either fill your child's love tank or it will puncture it. In other words, each request that your child makes calls for a thoughtful response. And that means you need to know your child. Parenting, by its very definition, is service-oriented, right? Because you're always performing acts of service for someone. Moms, you're performing acts of service for your children. Dads, you're performing acts of service for your children. And mom, you're performing them for your husband. And dad, you're performing them for your wife. Now, in a situation where this, oh, in other words, if your child's love language is acts of service, some of the things that you do for him or her will have to be special. Because remember, earlier we said that the very act of being a parent is force of service. There's a, a story that I read that Gary Chapman told in his book. And I think this will explain really well the acts of service love language. Gary Chapman tells in his book a conversation that he had with the mother and father after they had attended one of his seminars on love languages. This couple had two children, two sons. They both believed that parents should not do anything for children that they could do for themselves. And they were telling Gary this. The father was so intent on making sure his sons became self-reliant, and he did absolutely everything right, so he thought. He taught them how to do things, 
He would encourage them as he was teaching them, and he would praise them as they accomplished them. And he spent time over and over again, encouraging, teaching, and guiding. And he would also make it a point to tell each son, I love you. Gary asked them, do you know what your son's love languages are? And the father and mother both said, no, we don't. So Gary said to the father, here's what I want you to do. I want you to get each one of your sons alone. And I want you to say this, and I quote, son, I want to ask you a question that I've never asked you before, but it's important for me to know. Do you feel that I love you? I want you to shoot straight. I really want to know this. Well, at first the father felt a little weird doing this, but Gary talked him into doing it. So it took a while for the father to get around to getting the son by himself. So he asked the first son, he said, son, I want to ask you a question that I've never asked you before, but it's important for me to know. Do you feel that I love you? Shoot straight. I really want to know. Well, the first son said, of course you love me, dad. I know this because you spend time with me. When we go into town, you ask me to come along with you. And when we're on the trail, you make sure we get some time to talk. Of course, the father felt really good hearing his son say this, but he still needed to ask the other son. So he got the other son alone by himself, but the answer was a bit different. He asked the exact same question. And here's what the other son said. He says, Dad, I don't know how to say this. I'm sure you do love me. But Dad, sometimes I feel like you don't love me at all. You see, when I ask you to help me with my math, you tell me that you knew I could figure it out because I'm smart. And I knew I could figure it out, Dad. But I wanted you to help me. And when my wagon got stuck and I asked you to help me, you told me that I was the one who got it stuck and I could figure it out. And you were proud of me because you knew I could figure it out. But dad, I just wanted your help. Do you see the difference in these two sons? The first son was getting his emotional tank filled. His love language was quality time. The second son's emotional tank was not full. His love language was acts of service. Do you see the difference? When we speak the language of acts of service by doing something for the child that he or she would like, and remember, they will usually ask for it. Now, I want to tell you a story that is found in the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I want you to listen. You probably know this Gospel, but listen to it and see what you can hear 
regarding the various love languages. Now, this one is found, like I said, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And more often than not, when something is found in more than one book of the Bible, it's very important. Now, why do I say that? Well, when God wants us to pay attention, he repeats his message. And this is one that was repeated four times. In fact, the other story that was repeated in all of the Gospels would be the resurrection. Now, imagine, if you will, a young boy living near the Sea of Galilee. His mother is busy cooking. She takes a wooden paddle and uses it to move mounds of bread around. The little boy walks out of the house and he can smell the barley loaves. It smells so good. As he walks towards his mother, she looks up and she's squinting a bit because the sun is in her eyes and she smiles. The boy is so excited because his father is going to hear Jesus speak and he wanted to go. So here's the little boy. He knows there are always a lot of people around Jesus. So as he's asking his mother if he could go, he's trying to stand up as tall as he can so that his mother would see that he could be seen in the crowds, right? He's given the okay to go. His father comes to the door and tells his wife that they're ready to leave and that they should be back before dark. Well, the mother continues her act of service, and what she does, she takes a cloth and she wraps five tiny barley loaves and two small fish up, and she gives them to her son and tells him, take this because you'll probably get hungry while you're there. Now, needless to say, the boy was really happy because he was going to see Jesus and he had some food. Because of the huge crowds, it wasn't very hard for his father to find Jesus. They found him right away, and they sat and they listened to Jesus as he spoke. Jesus talked about the kingdom of God. He encouraged the people as he, they were sitting there. Jesus walked around and he was healing people. I would say that Jesus filled the emotional tank of everyone there. Physical touch, the healing. Words of affirmation, teaching about the kingdom of God and encouraging them. Quality time. Well, look, he was there spending his time with this humongous crowd. Gifts, the healing again. Acts of service, healing. And we'll see later on that there are more acts of service that occurs in this story. Well, the crowd listened and watched most of the morning. And when Jesus was finished, he told his disciples that it was time to leave and they got in the boat. Well, as you can imagine, the crowd 
was not through listening. They were just really excited about being near Jesus. When Jesus got in the boat, the crowd decided they would walk along the shore and meet Jesus on the other side. Well, the little boy was so engrossed in what Jesus was saying that he hadn't eaten anything, and now he could hear his stomach growling. He checked to make sure that the food was secure, but he really didn't want to stop to eat it because he knew he, his father would say, okay, let's pull off on the side and we'll eat. But the little boy didn't want to do that. So he kept going because he knew his food was secure and he wanted to hear absolutely everything Jesus had to say. Well, once they were on the other side, the disciples decided that they needed to tell the crowd to leave because everybody was tired. But you know what? Jesus stopped them. And once again, Jesus started healing, teaching, and encouraging. And one, as I mentioned first, healing. After a while, one of the disciples came to the others and said, the master says that the people are hungry and, and we really do need to feed them. They looked around at the crowd. There were like 5,000 people there. And they said, does anybody have any food? So they decided they'd walk amongst the crowd and they asked, they kept saying, does anyone here have any food? Well, nobody was speaking up at the time. And the disciples continued to talk amongst themselves. And they said, you know, there are 5,000 men, and that's not even counting the women and the children. And then one of the disciples said, man, it would take a full eight months wages to buy enough food to feed this crowd. They kept asking, does anyone have any food? Well, the little boy thought about the lunch his mother had given him. He knew it was still secure. He was hungry, and he knew if it, he gave it away, he wouldn't have anything to eat. He sort of looked at his father and told him that he wanted to give his food to Jesus. The only thing the father wanted to do was to make sure that the little boy was sure that this is what he wanted to do. The little boy said he was absolutely sure that he wanted to give Jesus his food because Jesus's words had touched his heart. The boy wanted to give Jesus something for all that Jesus had given to them. The boy held up his sack of food and said, I have a lunch. The boy assured the father, if teacher needs my lunch, I will give it to him. The disciple thanked the boy but still wondered what Jesus was going to do with so little food. The boy's stomach growled again, but you know what? He was so proud to have helped. Needless to say, the boy was on the edge of his seat and excited, wondering what Jesus was going to do with his food. Well, Jesus took the fish and the barley loaves. He raised them up. And he thanked God for the lunch. Jesus showed gratitude. 
Then Jesus took the tiny loaves into a basket. The little boy was sitting there looking. He blinked and he said, where did all that bread come from? The disciples kept passing the baskets of barley bread and basket after basket. He just kept passing it. Then guess what? Jesus did the same thing, and the same thing happened with the fish. The boy was amazed. He had eaten more than what his mom had packed for him. And then, you know, he looked around because he wanted to see how the other people were feeling. Believe it or not, he could see that they had eaten their fill too. The boy knew he had witnessed a miracle. You see... The purpose of service is so God can reach others through our hands. In 2 Corinthians 9, 12 through 13, it says that the service we provide not only meets needs, but expresses thanks to God and leads others to praise God. Now, what and how do you teach your child acts of service? Well, as with everything else, you role model and you teach. Some of the things that we did with our children, of course, you know, there were chores. They had chores to do. And sometimes we can forget that you need to encourage your children to help their siblings. And in doing that, they're performing acts of service. One time, believe it or not, Our kids came home and said that their teacher needed someone to keep 12 to 13 guinea pigs over Christmas. Well, I was not too excited about that. But once we decided that I would not have to touch it, or I didn't even want to look at them, guinea pigs aren't aren't my favorite animal. Anyway, we said yes. So they were able to perform acts of service by helping their teacher out when she needed to have the guinea pigs, the classroom guinea pigs kept over the holiday. Also, as we know, acts of service with hosting, having your home open to invite other people. Now, there's something interesting about acts of service also, because It's one thing to perform acts of service when you know that the person is, has over and above the means and you're just doing it to show off. You want to do acts of service even for people who cannot afford things or people who are of lower means. Allison, for instance, mentioned that she has had Bryn and Piper go to their school and pack school supplies for other kids that couldn't afford it. Um, Our daughter Lauren and Kirsten have both had their children keep uh, pack homeless bags that they keep in the car. And when they see someone who is in need, they just have their mom hand out the car. handed out the car window. In addition to that, they also have them go with them to buy the things that are going to go into those bags. 
There's so many things that you can do to show your kids that they can perform acts of service and to have them keeping their ears open when they hear somebody say, I really wish you would do such and such. That person is asking for something that they really want to have done. So in summary, the language of acts of service is doing something for your child that you know he would like. And we also need to spread this acts of service out to all of our other children, because as I have mentioned before, one child might have that, but you need to provide all of the acts to all of the children. You speak the language acts of service by listening and learning what your child likes and selectively doing for them without feeling like you must do it. In other words, you know your child, you have to know your child, and just listen and learn. And last but not least, you teach your child acts of service by role modeling. Parents, believe me, your child will be watching to see how you are doing things for your spouse and how you are doing things for their siblings. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Purposeful Parenting. For more tips on parenting, or if you would like to reach out, please visit me on HarrietRowe.com and follow me on Facebook, Harriet Rowe. That's Harriet with two T's. I look forward to grabbing a cup of tea or coffee with you next week. Feel free to invite a friend. Until then, this is Harriet Rowe reminding you to parent on purpose.